to the MEC English Service Podcast. For more resources or information about our church, Mideast Evangelical Church, visit mec.church. Hello. So uh, today I'll be reading three different scriptures. Okay, so the first one is Psalm 103, verse 13. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The second one is Proverbs three eleven through 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. And the last one is James 1, 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Thank you. So we're going to be continuing ours. Hello. Um, we're going to be continuing our series through um, God is My. Um, the first week, does anybody remember what, what was the first God is My? Shepherd. Yeah, God is My Shepherd. And then last week we talked about God is My Refuge, My Fortress, right? The, this idea that God is the, is the high place that I can hide in or the, the, the place where I am protected um, and how God protects us in a bunch of different ways. Um, and this, in this series, we've been unpacking, we're going to continue unpacking all of the different ways that Scripture uses metaphor, um, uses metaphor to help us understand God, right? Because if we try to define God just like in clear, as literal as possible terms, we have the timeless, immaterial, spaceless, energyless um, being that is in all places, but also not in any places and exists in three persons um, in one essence. Um, like all of those things, this is our God. And that's really cool to know that, but it's also really hard to relate to that, right? And so not only does God say, yes, this is who I am, clearly, I am above all things. You can't even talk about me, what well, we read in Isaiah 40. Who can even say anything about the Lord? Um, but then God graciously then says, okay, well, so I'm super different from you, but I'm kind of like this, though. I'm kind of like a shepherd. I'm kind of like a refuge. And in uh, what we're doing today is... I feel like one of the ones that like we kind of forget is a metaphor, right? We forget the fact that God saying, I am your father, is a metaphor. Um, because we use it, like even Jesus, when he says, hey, when you pray, this is how you're going to pray. Our father, um, who's in heaven. Now, in a very literal sense, is God technically like your father? In a, in, a, in a very literal sense. No, right? God is our creator and he is very fatherly toward us, but this is still an image that scripture uses to help us understand, okay, what's God like? How do I relate with God? Oh, father, I have one of those. Uh, he's here. Look, there he is. Um, I, but you, we all have a father, yes? And depending on the house that you grew up in, like what that image is going to conjure up is going to be very different depending on the person, right? Like Stephen's experience of father is going to be different than Sean's experience of father. It's going to be different um, than, I don't know, than Nina's experience of father. All of these versions of father mean something different. Even in the same households, right? Like all of the Basharas in the back, they can all have the same father, but then have a very different experience of what that means, right? And so this metaphor um, for father, we need to unpack this and realize, okay, what is it that God is trying to communicate when he says, God is my father, right? That end, no, it's good. Um, okay, 
So um, one of the verses that we, we started with, right, is as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Really quickly, turn to the person next to you. I want you to think, when you hear the word compassion, what is the image, idea, concept that first comes to your mind when you're like, oh, compassion, this is what that means. I'll give you 30 seconds. What, is, what image does compassion bring to your mind? Ready, go. Yusuf. Compassion. What image does compassion draw to your mind? Like, what's the, what's the thing you think of when you hear compassion? Nothing. No experience of compassion. Good. Okay, Dave. Um, <laughs> what's, what's compassion? Okay, forgiveness. Like, you've done something wrong, and they're like, okay, I got you. Um, Jesse. Just being nice. Being nice to people around. Yeah. Daniel. Okay, helping someone when they're down. My first thought is, I think, have you guys ever heard of Compassion International? It's like a nonprofit where, like, you sponsor a kid. And, like, I always think of their ads, which has, like, the big watery-eyed children um, who are, like, sad and hungry. And, and like, they're receiving a gift um, of some sort. Um, and I know that, like, that's the name of a 501c3 nonprofit and not, like, a definition of a word. But that's the first thing that comes to my mind. However, the Hebrew word for compassion is this word right here. Raham. Repeat after me. Raham. Yeah, you got to get the ch in there. You guys know. Um, the Raham. Um, now, Raham, Rahem, and um, Rahum are all from the same root. Now, when you have like the same um, resh, het, or het, mem, um, they just change the little things that are under the letters to change the vowels, right? But when it's from the same, like the th same three consonant root communicates the same idea. But depending on if it's racham, rachum, or rachem, it's either translated as to show compassion, which is what we have in this verse, right? Racham is the verb of to have compassion or give compassion or show compassion. Um, rachum is like the adjective of compassionate, but then the noun, rachem, is the womb. It's where... Oh, yeah? That's fun. Delightful. Arabic and Hebrew. Twinsies. Um, so, but, but this idea of it's the place that, like, nurtures you and grows you for nine months. And, like, no wonder they come out crying, right? Because it's all warm and you have all of your needs taken care of. Um, and then you enter this world. Um, so, <laughs> racham, rachum, rachem. Um, compassion. Now, as I was thinking about, like, our target audience here, right? Um, there's two of you here who have children, as far as we know. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to prejudge. Um, but, but when when we talk about like, God is my father, I think we have our own experience as kids of what it's like to have a father. But then I realize that the thing that's much more, that would be much more revelatory, that would help us understand better how God is, our, father is to understand. Okay, what is it that a father feels and. Um, or a mother, or a parent feels, and realistically, like, that's kind of not any of your jam, right? Like, you haven't been in the father or mother shoes. And so I thought I would show you, I'm going to show you a clip, and it's a long clip. It's like four and a half minutes, um, because I feel like this captures what, um, what is, what is Racham, to have compassion. Um, and so at the heart of Racham, have any of you seen this movie? Um, now, um, some of you might already know where we're going with this, um, but I'm going to play you a four-minute clip that comes from very early in the movie. And what Disney does really well in most of their movies is in the first 
10 minutes, they set you up to experience Raham for one of the main characters. Um, they set you up so that you can experience and feel compassion. Um, and so we're going to watch the opening sequence to the movie Up, um, which I'm sorry already. Um, but I want you not necessarily to think of like, okay, what's the plot line here? Because usually when you watch a movie, you're like, okay, where's this going? But I want you to think about the way that this makes you feel. Right? I want you to pay attention to um, what you feel. And I would venture to say that what you're about to experience and feel is Raham. So let me go get that. At this point, if you want to experience what people at the church service experienced, then you should go and click on the YouTube link that is in the podcast notes or in the episode description of this podcast. Uh, so, you know, when you saw that, like the first time, oh my gosh, um, when you saw that the first time in the theaters, you were like, Disney, why do you do this to me? Um, the, the thing that you feel, um, especially towards the end, um, is you feel Raham. Um, one of the other words that is, um, is, uh, Raham is translated to, um, is not just compassion, um, but it's, it's pity. Um, Raham is to have pity upon. And I, I think that when you see, like, uh, we watch this scene where this character, uh, like, undergoes this, like, this life of transformation, right? And these, like, deep experiences. Um, and at the end, how do you feel for him? Yeah, like, there's, like, something in you that aches for him. Right? There's something in you that's like, I just want everything to be okay for you. Um, I wish that like, I could make everything come together for you. I wish that everything could be turned right. I wish that um, whatever, I wish that you could have taken that trip to Venezuela. I wish that like, all of that wish that's in you, all of that feeling that you have inside of you, um, is Raham. Your heart breaking for that person is Raham. Your desire for this person to, to live a fuller, better experience is Raham. Um, and when we look at scripture, um, when God looks at us, God feels Raham for us, right? As a father has Raham on his kids. God feels this. And this is why like, I keep saying Raham is because like, compassion isn't enough. Right? Like, it's not enough. Like, that scene, you're like, oh, I feel compassionate towards him. That's it. Like, it doesn't quite do it justice, right? You're like, I feel ridiculous, gut wrenching, deep feelings for this fictional animated character on a screen because of what this character has gone through. And I raham for him. Um, and so, when, when it comes to understanding how God, as our Father, looks at us, like, this is how God sees us. He says, oh my gosh, I just want. I want so much good for you. Like every heartbreak that you experience, I feel for you. Every, um, every bad thing that happens to you, like I ache for that. Um, and every good thing that happens to you, like it, it sends me through the roof, right? Like I'm so excited for you. Like this deep sense of compassionate, but pity, but like deep heart feeling for his kids. Now, I think that this is important to set up because the other two verses that Mark read for us very expertly at the beginning of this um, it kind of seem like not really Rahami, right? Uh, Rahami, that's going to be a new word. Um, 
But the, so the, how about this one? Uh, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Um, depending on how you, what, what fatherly rebukes looked like um, in your homes, whether it, if it was the belt or the shib shib or just a strong conversation um, or like whatever, whatever rebuke looks like in your house, you're pro- probably your first thought in your mind isn't, Oh, Raham. Yeah, like that deep ache and like pity and wanting what's good for me. Um, but when, when God disciplines us, this is why we start with that compassion that God has for us. When God disciplines, when God corrects, when God rebukes, when God says, stop doing that thing and, in, and instead do this thing, when God does that, like he does it from a place of Raham. He looks at you and says, son, daughter, I want you to live. I want you to live life like it was meant to be. I want you to have that adventure that I intended for you to have from the beginning of time. I want you to experience everything that I intended for you to experience in your life. And out of that raham, God says, hey, and if you do these behaviors, you're not going to get that. And if you act this way, you're not going to go there. And if you um, live your life like that, like it's not going to turn out well for you. And so out of God's deep sense of Raham, he, he guides, he directs, he rebukes sometimes and says, knock it off. Um, he yells and says, stop it, right? Um, sometimes, like, Seji will be about to do something precarious, like running into the street um, or something like that. And it takes, like, it takes a rebuke to get her to stop. And it's not because I'm like, ah, I hate this girl who runs into streets. Um, but rather, it's like, I don't want you to die. Like, I want you to, like... Once, once, we can, once you can go back to like dance class or gymnastics, I, w- I want you to experience what that's like. I want all of these good things for you. And so because God rahams, because ha- God has that deep, deep ache and feeling for us, God also says, hey, I got, I got to fix your path so you can live in, in the best way possible. And not only that, um, but this other verse that we um, had read by Mark was, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. God's raham for us, his love for us is a constant. And so everything that God does for us, um, we, every gift, every good thing that comes down to us is from our Father who rahams us. Right? Now, you might be thinking, okay, cool. He loves us, he guides us, he directs us, but naturally, how? Right? How do we, how does he guide us? How does he discipline us? How does he, what, what gifts is he giving us? And so, just really quickly here, um, I, I think we've done some of this with like the shepherd stuff and some things that we've done in the past. Um, but when it comes to receiving God's rebuke, I think that there are, um, I know I make fun of um, alliteration, but I was like, let's give it a shot. Um, and so here's how God um, disciplines us or gives us correction. Um, your faith, your failures, your feelings, your friends, and your family, all the five F's of God's correction. Um, but your faith, meaning like through your daily spiritual disciplines, like through scripture, I don't know if this has happened to you, but when you're reading scripture, um, has it ever happened that you read a thing and that thing that you read makes you realize that you're not doing that thing? but you're kind of doing the opposite. Sometimes um, God will use his word. Like, and 
I think that like when we read through scripture, we like see burning bushes and like big storm clouds and lots of crazy stuff happen. Um, and we're like, yeah, that's how God does it. But sometimes he already did that. He already sent the message. He already said, hey, you shouldn't do this and you should do that. He already kind of told us what to do and what not to do. And sometimes it just means that daily practice of opening up his word and saying, hey, Am I on track? Opening ourselves to God's discipline and rebuke. Um, two, our failures. I think sometimes when you fail, it's one of the best things to teach you what not to do again in the future. And it's through our failures that God can correct us. It's our, um, in our feelings. When I say our feelings, I don't mean like just the roller coaster of emotions. But have you ever, um, like, I've noticed that, that there are some times when I'm just like grumpy for no reason whatsoever. It just happens. Uh, you guys are looking at each other. Um, <laughs> siblings look at each other. Um, but I, I think that like those days when I'm grumpy for no good reason whatsoever, it could, me, it could just be me like my, my default response might be to be like, okay, I'm grumpy. That happens. Whatever. Let's move on to the next day. However, if you pause and say, wow, I am being kind of like, I don't know. I'm lashing out for no reason at my family or I'm being rude for no reason to like people who I'm not normally rude to or that thing that normally wouldn't hurt my feelings is hurting my feelings today. Instead of just like being defensive about it, think, why do I feel that way? Why is this happening right now? I find that sometimes for me, like grumpiness is like almost directly related to feeling overburdened and overtaxed. So like when I like am, have run out of energy and I feel like I'm being like, demanded too much like there's not a, a thing in my brain like it doesn't the, my brain doesn't work when I realize that I'm have like I have too much on my plate I like it takes my body being like I'm gonna put negative chemicals in your brain right now so that so that you can know that things aren't working but like when I pay attention to that I realize oh I'm not living life like I should right I'm not creating the balance of rest and work that I should right um, your, uh, your faith, your failures, your feelings, and then your friends and family. I think that um, when I say friends and family, I mean the, like the real friends, um, the ones who, I don't know where I got this line from, but I, I heard this phrase that true friends stab you in the front. Um, and I think like versus stab you in the back um, because uh, they still shouldn't stab you. It's a metaphor. Um, <laughs> but, but like your true friends... They're going to be the ones who tell you, hey, you're not doing the right thing. Like that, this, this pattern that you're in is destructive. Those words that you use are really hurtful. Um, when I was in high school, we used to do this thing called the friend test um, where we would walk up to a group of our friends with our zipper down um, on purpose. Um, and we would wait to see if anyone told us that our zipper was down. Um, and if, like, no one told us, then they would fail the friend test. Because true friends will, instead of, like, laughing about how you had your zipper down earlier, true friends will say, your zipper's down, bro. And then, and then you can, like, correct it, right? True friends will tell you when you're messing up. And so I think that friends and family, scripture, um, our failures and the ways that we mess up, and even our feelings can be ways that God gives that correction, gives that rebuke, and gives that direction. And then as far as recognizing the gifts, um, like I said, I think the reason the events in scripture are recorded is because they're extraordinary. Like think about the life of Jesus. Um, most of everything that we have about Jesus occurs in a three-year period. 
right? There's not like stories in the Bible about one time when Jesus was 17, he ate a sandwich. Like that story doesn't exist, or he may have, I don't know if sandwich, sandwiches didn't exist, but you know what I mean. Um, he ate some barley. Um, but that may have happened, but people don't, they, it wasn't documented because it wasn't a big deal. So the stories that we have in the Bible, they're recorded because they were a big deal. Um, and so the thing that can be misleading about scripture sometimes is that we can start to think that that's what spiritual experience is supposed to be like. It's all burning bushes and pillars of fire, right? It's all um, paralyzed people getting up and walking and demon-possessed people being freed. It's all ad adventure and storms calming and um, people with leprosy being cleansed. It's all of that stuff. But all of that was documented because it was abnormal. But what we get here um, in the book of James is he says, every good and perfect gift comes down from your father, of the heavenly lights. Now, every good and perfect gift. This is why we, we had that discussion question for you up front. What, what are some things in your life that you perceive as being a gift? Um, and whatever it was that you said to the person that you, you're sitting next to, that thing comes from the Father of heavenly lights. Um, it, those of you who live, actually, it's, it's kind of nice depending on the street around here, but those who are in Rancho, like Cucamonga Peak, um, especially like in the months from January to about March when it's covered in snow, is a gift from the Father of Heavenly Lights, right? Um, those things that you are grateful for, that you perceive as being gifts, we know who the giver is. We know who is the one that these gifts came from. And so our job is not necessarily to like wait for the pillar of fire and then be like, cool, that's a gift from God, or this is a sign for God, from God, or this is a thing that God's doing in my life. But rather, it's to pause and recognize every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of Heavenly Lights. Every single one of them. And so as a father who rahams us, he, he pours out these gifts on us. Like when, when you uh, remember um, that after that scene and up, you're like, I just want good things for you. Like, I, I want you to have all of the good things so you can be happy again. Um, this is our father. But at the same time, th this father is like, hey, like if you've watched the rest of the movie, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, when, like, when are we allowed to spoil movies? It's been a decade. Yeah. Um, but through the rest of the movie, when he's kind of like being a grouch and missing like the beautiful, wonderful things around him, you also want to be like, because I care about you, because Disney did that thing to me in those five minutes. Like, I want you to make better choices um, so you can enjoy this adventure in this cute little Boy Scout. Right? Um, it, it both, that Racham makes us both want to um, correct and to give. And so in the same way, as we walk through life, we, we open up our eyes to the fact that this is how God views us, that God wants to guide us into having a full experience of life that he designed for us. And he's showering us with gifts all over the place. We just need to be aware of it. And in the ultimate demonstration of both that um, guidance um, or that, I guess, that direction and that gift like, Jesus is the, he is the pinnacle of that experience, right? And on the days when you could think of nothing, when you're like, what's good about today? 2020 has had a few of those days, right? Um, on those days when you're like, what is good about today? You can always point to the fact that 
our God rahams us so much that he was willing to lay his own life down. That our God rahams us so much that he came and he was like, okay, you don't know how to live. I'll show you how to live. And Jesus does it. Right? That he gives us both the correction and the ultimate gift. And for that, like no matter where we are in life, I, I think that we, we can be grateful to the Father for being a good Father. And so um, as we close up here, um, I just want to give us an opportunity just to reflect um, and pray. Um, I want you to think about maybe like the last, um, it's hard to think of a week. Let's think of the last 48 hours um, from Thanksgiving until now. Um, and I want you to think about the things in your life that you can recognize, okay, this is gift. And maybe some of the things in your life where you've been like, this didn't go the way as planned, or I didn't have the attitude I should have. And think and allow like God's spirit to actually speak into you and give you some of that rebuke and give you some of that space to be like, hey, maybe you should do this instead of that. So um, I'll open us up with a little bit of prayer, and then I'll give you some um, time of silence um, to kind of just you talk to God about this. Um, so let's pray. God, we acknowledge um, that you are constantly trying to correct our path so that we can live the life that you desire for us. Out of your deep and abiding love and racham. And God, we, we want to first of all acknowledge that you know better than us. God, you, um, you have a perspective and a knowledge and a wisdom that surpasses our own. And so God, we look to you and open ourselves to your correction. Take just a couple of moments right now to allow God to speak that correction into your life. Think of the last 48 hours. What are some things in your life that, that God wants to speak into and, and correct and redirect? God, we acknowledge that um, there are places where we're not walking in line. God, there are places where we are on the wrong path, where we are not setting ourselves up for the life that you desired for us. And we invite your rebuke because we know that you love us. And now just take another moment um, to go through your mind and think of those gifts, um, those good, good gifts that God has laid in your path, the good things, um, the perfect things, the things that you uh, can or ought to feel grateful for. Allow those things to be brought to your mind right now. And thank your Father 